Our darkness falls as chills abound Just when you felt all safe and sound This heart is losing their bloody minds As their hard work turns on evil eyes Tis worse than nightmares, tis worse than fears As artists cry horrific tears Welcome to Art World Horror Stories <laughs> Welcome to Art World Horror Stories a podcast about the dangers of working in the arts, featuring real-life stories from the artists who survived to tell us their tale. Okay, people, we've got art world horror stories for you today. If you heard the last episode, you know it's October. If you've looked at your calendar today, you know it's October. And it is the season for ghosts and ghouls and scary stories. And so we started Art World Horror Stories as a way of honoring this special time, this special season, one of my favorite times of the year. For those of us who've worked in the arts, we all have horror stories. We all have a real life, true story tale of something horrific that has happened either to us or by us or just life shit happens, right? And so we started Art World Horror Stories as a way of collecting some of these stories and sharing some of these stories. And we want to bring them to you because hopefully... There are lessons to learn. Hopefully, there are morals to the story. Hopefully, if we share these stories, other people can protect themselves from the demons and the monsters that inhabit our world. And if we hear these stories, maybe we can prevent ourselves from making the same mistakes that other people have made. In last week's episode, I shared with you a personal story, something that happened to me and to us at our company here at Crew West Studio. And in fact, it was a real live horror story. There was real tragedy. Lives were lost. And I thought it was appropriate to start this new segment, this new program, Art World Horror Stories, with a personal story. But over the last few weeks, I've been collecting stories from others. Perhaps you, perhaps you there listening right now, you sent in a story. If you did, thank you, because we're going to share it. And if you do have a story, if you're hearing this, please call our hotline and tell us, 833-668-7325. Tell us your horror story or email us at info at notrealart.com. Demons and monsters exist. They do. I've met them. Some of them are in our world, but we love the art world. We love to hate the art world. We hate to love the art world. But for those of us who have worked in the arts, we have tales to tell. And some of these tales are scary. They are just a sort of a cautionary tale of the things that can happen if we're not careful. Maybe they're tales of disrespect which is a common theme of many of these stories. And in fact, today's episode is all about that kind of disrespect that artists get too often in the art world. You know, the essence of horror is that that element of disrespect that, that's being brought upon you, that person that wants to disrespect you by killing you, perhaps, or or kidnapping you or, or torturing you. Well, if, if somebody damages our art or insults our artistic integrity or artistry, that's, that's horrific. You know, that, that might is that's abuse that might as well that's like an emotional spiritual metaphysical kidnapping or murder when people insult our art we're so as artists we're so sensitive doesn't take much sometimes but even still there are assholes in the world who will disrespect us and disrespect our work and today's stories reflect that we have two amazing artists that 
called in and left us messages. You know, so I'm surprised sometimes who is actually listening out there and where they live. Today's artists, one of whom is based in Paris. Yes, we have fans in Paris. We have listeners in Paris. We're global people. We're international. And our world horror stories are global international stories. Monsters among us around the world. So I'm really, really grateful for Tara Tess Bonapore, who emailed us and then sent us a recorded message that you're going to hear in a moment about the abuse she has endured and the disrespect that she has endured as an artist by the art world. And Tara Tess is is a beautiful soul. I mean, you got to check out her work. Got to check out her website. I'm going to spell this here. T-A-R-A-V-A-T-A-N-P-O-U-R.com. Again, T-A-R-A-V-A-T-A-N-P-O-U-R.com. Tara is one of these multidimensional, multifaceted artists. She's Persian, Azari, American, Brazilian, and French. She's an artist. She's a writer, fashion designer. She's an incredible, incredible artist. Check her out. Next up, we have lowbrow OG Anthony Ausgang. Anthony is such a cool person. I mean, you can't get more... OG than Anthony when it comes to lowbrow. This guy was a regular at Zero One. He was collaborators with OG artists like Robert Williams. He's done album covers for, oh my God, he's done album covers for MGMT, album cover for Green Day. Anthony is the real deal. Anthony's story is great. He immigrated, grew up in Trinidad and Tobago, but then immigrated to Texas. His mother's Dutch and his father was Welsh, and he ends up in Texas of all places. Anthony's got some stories, and he shares one with us today. He emailed us and recorded message of one of his horror stories, a story of disrespect from somebody who should know better, actually. He doesn't really reveal who this person is, but you can read between the lines and figure it out if you really listen. This abuser, this monster that Anthony talks about should know better, you would think. But I guess monsters are psychopaths, aren't they? They have no ability to empathize. That's why they can do what they do as monsters, right? So these two stories, Tara's story from Paris and Anthony's story from here in Los Angeles, Angeles. These are cautionary tales. These are tales meant to ultimately protect you from the same kind of behavior. Hopefully by hearing these stories, you can guard against these kinds of horrible people. So without further ado, let's get into this. Let's hear from Tara Tess Vantapur and Anthony Auske. Hi, my name is Tara Vantapur. I'm a performance art, installation art artist and fashion designer. And this is my art world horror story. So when I was bit younger, I exhibited in Paris at the famous gallery, 59 Rivoli Gallery. And I performed there and I created artwork that was then exhibited. At the end of the exhibition is when the pandemic started and I could not get my artwork back. Finally, after a lot of correspondences with the professionals that hosted the show, I we tried to arrange several appointments and none of us could make it. Instead of offering me to mail the art and taking full legal responsibility for being a professional in the arts, these creators decided to ignore me and they used to send me art calls really regularly and they completely stopped doing that. After sending another email asking for my artwork, at the time I didn't understand that I had rights and I simply let it go. Today I know that I can speak up for my needs and that the not responding responds more to their shame and their problems with their the professional aspect of working in the arts rather than anything to do with me. But on a tangent, I also think my art has been really damaged emotionally 
by the art and fashion world. A lot of people seem to think that you can just say that art is an art piece is really bad. But I do actually think that there is a wisdom in knowing that your opinion does not necessarily need to be spoken or your opinion stays your opinion. And there are really gentle ways to say to a person that I don't resonate with their art. And I was presenting all my clothing to this restaurant that was a new restaurant. It didn't have much clients yet. It was pretty nice and it was good. Not that well situated in Paris, but in a booming new neighborhood and a very average, but pretty trendy, pretty good restaurant. And they wanted to see my fashion to see if we could do a fashion show. And so as a good American, I presented the idea in a very business way saying how much this fashion show could bring marketing to a restaurant and attention and could be a series of different events and we could share you know the percentage or it could be a fixed salary for like that one night he proceeded at looking at the clothing that i had spent over 100 hours sewing by hand all original designs unique pieces very fragile and then proceeded in saying he disliked it this is the way it went what can i say I don't like it at all. It looks like somebody in their first year of fashion school. And I mean, I don't even know what you're going to do with this. It's really horrible. He then proceeded to shout even more. I honestly don't remember what he said. I just remember feeling extremely small, fighting not to cry in front of my intern (laughs) and feeling like I should be such a better artist, such a better boss. I left there and I cried walking back home for about an hour and had coffee with a friend that I called and cried some more over there. I understand today that this whole story is just about fighting for having some rights in the art world. In a very weird way, being an artist can be an excuse for just being weird sometimes and improper and impolite. And I, these stories inspire me to create ground rules and maybe a new kind of art law so that artists are protected and the other side, the creators, etc. are also protected. And so that this kind of friction doesn't happen, which, you know, this friction is based on someone's ego. It's never based on the truth. And isn't that what we fight for in the arts to bring the truth alive, to pass on the message, to change the world in many ways? I hope you enjoyed that. Don't know if I told it the best way, but this is what happened. And I definitely have a lot more examples of horror stories in the art world because it does happen quite often. It was a pleasure to share this with you. Many years ago, I was an art mover, and my job consisted of bringing very expensive paintings to very expensive houses where I would hang the artwork up on collector's wall. Now, being young and dumb and full of calm, I figured, hey, if I went to an art collector's house and they had a collection and it looked like my work would fit in it, I would leave in my card or I would talk to the collectors and say, hey, you know, maybe you should see my work. Well, one day we went to this this guy's house in Beverly Hills. I won't tell you his real name. His first name was Sidney, and he 
worked in the film business and he had a nice art collection. So I said, hey, you know something? I do like kind of cartoon based weird paintings. Maybe you'd like my work. Can I show them to you? So he said, sure. Why don't you uh, come over to my office at uh, Warner Brothers, you know, on Wednesday and uh, around two o'clock and I'll take a look at what you got. So sure enough, Wednesday around two o'clock, I go to this guy's private bungalow at uh, Warner Brothers Studios and I walk in and the secretary looks at me and she has this kind of weird, sad sort of expression on her face. And she said, yeah, are are you here to show Sydney your artwork? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm here to show my paintings. She said, well, he's expecting you. So just go ahead, go right in. So I walk into this guy's office with my sheet of slides, you know, which is how we did it back then before computers and everything. We carried around sheets of slides, 35 millimeter slides of artwork. So he was sitting at his desk and said hello. And I handed him my my sheet of slides and picked him up off the table. And he looked at him and he didn't say anything and looked at him for quite a while. And then he just threw them down on the table. And he goes, these aren't art. This isn't art. You know, as a matter of fact, Anthony, I'm going to show you really what art is. So he gets up and he walks over this cabinet and he opens up the cabinet and he takes out this bag. And it's a fucking shopping bag from Bloomingdale's and it has a Mark Kostabi figure on it, you know, and he puts it on the table and he goes, this is art. And I, I was like outraged. I like, go, no, this is not art. This is just a shopping bag. This isn't art. And he said, it is art. And he got up and he picked up this golf club that he had. There was a putter and he started putting on the carpet right in front of my feet, getting closer and closer with this putter and then sort of began smacking it against the couch that I was in. And I, and he goes, is it art? Tell me, is it art? And I go, no, it's not art. This isn't art. It's a shopping bag. And you, I said, look, man, I just, I don't think that you'd like my work or you'd like my work or I'm just going to leave. So I split, you know, and a couple of days later, I, I, I go to work and my boss hands me the, the work order for the day. And he says, Hey, you know that guy, Sydney, he requested that you come to his house and install some artwork. And I go, well, fuck, all right, I'll go. So I get in the van and the vans are usually loaded up by other people before I get to work. Just I'm the guy hanging the artwork. Somebody else would load the artwork in the truck. So I look at the in the truck and there's a pedestal and a, a vitrine cover for the pedestal and then a piece of art that's in a box. So sure enough, I drive up to this guy's house in, in Bel Air, up and around and around. And I finally get to Sydney's house up there in Bel, in Bel Air. Knock on the door and Sydney opens it up and he goes, hey, all right, Anthony, good to see you. He's acting really, really weirdly friendly. So I walk in to take a look at what's going on and there's a super hot chick sitting on a couch in his living room. And, you know, this is the kind of living room where the whole fucking wall opens up and, and you get a view of the L.A. basin or the valley or whatever happens, which way you're looking. So it's a very expensive out. It's a very hot chick. And so I go back to the truck to get this art. So I unwrap, I bring in the pedestal and the vitrine and I take the piece of art out of the box and it's that fucking Bloomingdale's shopping bag with the Mark Kostabi on it. So I set up, he sits down on his couch with the chick and he's like, oh, put it over there. Let's try it over there. So I, I set up the vitrine and the pedestal and put it on the bag in it. And he goes, no, no, I'll move it over to the left, move it over to the left. So I move it around the room a couple of times and finally I put it in a spot and he goes, yeah, that's perfect. That's, that's great. That's where I want it. So I 
I put the bag on the pedestal. I put the vitrine cover on it and I go, here, sign the paperwork. And I turn around and he's holding out a hundred dollar bill to me. And he says, is it art? And I just looked at him and I said, it's art. And I took that hundred dollar bill and I fucking left. Our darkness falls as chills abound. Just when you felt all safe and sound, his heart is losing their bloody minds as their hard work turns on evil eyes. Tis worse than nightmares, tis worse than fears, as artists cry horrific tears. Welcome to Art World Horror Stories. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Art World Horror Stories. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share it with your friends on social. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Art World Horror Stories is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Art World Horror Stories is edited by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Our intro music was created by Dan Ubik and his team at Danube Productions in Los Angeles. Our World Horror Stories will be back soon with another scary episode of real-life stories about the dangers of working in the arts.